Welcome, everybody, to another fine episode of Luke Does Rumble Pack, where Luke, that is me, hosts the whole thing. And because nobody's here with me. Uh, I'm here with you. Oh, my friend Will. Yeah, hello. You're here. I'm here. That's Who else weird. is here? I don't know. My is brother right? is here. <laughs> He's right next to me. I'm leaning on over him right now, sharing the same mic. And Maybe he's been he's been gone for how many? When did we do the episode? What episode was oh, it? Last four, of Us. Last of Us. Episode that's, ten. That's thirty-seven episode whole 10. episodes. Thirty-seven episodes ago, Tom <laughs> Thomas was here, and we talked about Thomas. Last of Us one and two <laughs> in great detail in the mega. And now we're here to talk about Red Dead Redemption two, his favorite game, and your your favorite game. I don't know. Maybe it's both, yeah. it's both your favorite games, sort of. And we're going to talk about that. But you guys know all about Red Dead Redemption. And I don't know about Red Dead Redemption very well. So I'm going to be sitting to the side, special comments. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to see how far I can get in Pokemon Leaf Green by the end of the episode, and I'll give you an update at the end. And it's really good because you're leaning across right in front of uh, Tom's microphone stopping him from talking. So well, I'm, I'm, about I, to, I'm about to pull away and go, here's Tom. Well, I have a feeling that you're actually struggling to give over control here to the superior brother in I'm Tom. Gone. I'm gone. Doesn't sound like it. So Tom, welcome <laughs> back to the podcast. Thank you. Thirty seven weeks episodes rather later. I finally got a call back. I figured I must have done a bad job. But Mate, here we are. You did a fine job. Well last time we were we were actually online. Uh we were, that was in the, the dark days of the podcast. Uh well I think uh, I think our dark days actually influenced the world in many ways because the the world came with us. <laughs> Into darkness. <laughs> we actually gave the world COVID. Well, you did. Yeah. Sorry, Will. I'm looking at you. You don't even have yeah. a microphone in front of you anymore. Tom. Sorry, Tom. Uh, I well, don't know what to say. I was looking for I was looking for some, uh, you know, shared uh, shared thought from my my usual co-host. Uh, but of course, you, you, you I'm not even here. You, <laughs> you finally lost the microphone, and thank God for that because uh, I was getting sick of him. Um, and well, Tom, it's, well, I will say, there he is again. He's gonna, coming back. I was going to bump back in. I will say, we 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 were going to buy a third mic, but we lost the budget when we went on that um, company trip to Dreamworld. Ah, uh, that's one too many business trips, wasn't it? Yeah, it was one too many business trips. Uh, but you know, that we, we of course uh, went and found those Pikmin. Yeah, that are hiding around. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Disney World, sorry. That's the uh, Disneyland. Super Mario Land. Super Mario uh, Land. <laughs> They're all the same to me. Uh, they're all based off Pokemon loosely. Um, yeah, but We're going ahead of time, yeah? But, so today, Tom. Tom is my fellow posse member on uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 online. And, of course, I didn't want to share this, uh, this exciting experience with just a regular old uh, bald fellow who doesn't know anything about the game. Mm, he would fall off the horse quickly. Yeah, mm. and I think it's uh, it would it would be a you know we would we would derail the train faster than <laughs> a bit of dynamite would that's for sure. <laughs> What's that posse called? It, I went on yesterday. It's called the Ned Kelly Gang. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually couldn't believe it. I can't even join it because I think because we haven't been on for so long. You and you're the owner. You're oh, the, you're the gang leader. See if to reactivate it. Okay. Uh, but it was a. Um, I was a bit disappointed <laughs> by the name. I got to say. <laughs> Even, and the Kelly Gang's the actual name, yeah. so we couldn't even get the damn thing right. Yeah. But look, we're we're, uh, we're about to reignite this uh, this journey through the Wild West, the Dying West, as it was in the time. Um, 
And of course, so Red Dead Redemption Two, just a just a bit of background checking. It was uh, you know developed by Rockstar Studios, published by Rockstar Games. Two very similar companies. They sound suspiciously alike, don't they? You agree, Tom? Will Rockstar Ro- Games, Rockstar Games and Studios. They sound very and similar. Rockstar Studios. Mm. I yes. think they're in cahoots. <laughs> I think you might be right. Yeah, and platforms are on. It came out. It came out on. Play, Will normally does the platform announcement, so I'm getting used to it. Yeah, just letting everyone know that I just got the Pokedex from Oak, and uh, I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> so it came out on PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Windows, and of course uh, Stadia. Ah. Uh, I would normally ask uh, Will what the stadia is because he stores silly information in his brain, but I don't want to go down that path today because I'm just enjoying looking at Tom much more than I enjoy looking. Oh, he's back Then again. stop bringing me up. <laughs> You're the one that keeps talking about me. Just shut up. These <laughs> both as, are as bad as each other. <laughs> so it came out in 2018 and uh, that was, what, I think eight years after the first game of which we reviewed at some point in the past. And I didn't have you on, Tom, sorry. It's okay. But you haven't finished the first game, so you didn't deserve at the time. Yes. I've but watched the video. You watched the video. <laughs> the video. I know what happens. <laughs> yeah. And that was... Um, <laughs> but the first game was a really fun time. But So I was waiting late, long years for the second one to come out. And so I think you picked up the second game. Did you pick it up straight away? I think so, yeah. I, I think, like, if not the day I come out a couple of days or the near next weekend. Yeah. yeah. And were you sucked into it pretty quickly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I um, I where I, I used to work just down the road from where I was living, and I would drive home at lunchtime for lunch instead of having lunch in the office with everyone, being the worst colleague of all time, uh, <laughs> and would play every lunchtime for an hour. Yeah, and it was the best lunch ever. Oh. <laughs> and it, it is just it's such a unique. You know, it builds on everything that the first game had. Um, you know, like tenfold, uh, and even that's about four times the size of the original map. Uh, and it's just the, the level of detail they've included in this is uh, is quite substantial. But I just wanted to paint the picture just quickly for everyone. And this isn't this isn't the main picture painting that I'll have shortly in a new ongoing segment that's going to happen every not so ongoingly. Uh, but this is this is what I call overview. There's not going to be a jingle for this, but you know. Maybe one day. Maybe one day the overview gets gets a bit of... When we get the budget. When we get the budget, yeah. Uh, so it's perfectly summed up by Wikipedia, again, because we, we do want to we want to rely on the wikis um, because, again, I endorse them and I wish every university student and high school student could as well. It's quite sad that we couldn't at the time. Uh, but the game is the third entry in the Red Dead uh, series and a prequel to the 20... 2010 game, Red Dead Redemption. So again, it's not a sequel. Uh, The story is set in a fictionalised representation of the United States in 1899 and follows the exploits of Arthur Morgan, an outlaw and senior member of the Vandalind gang uh, who must deal with the decline of the Wild West whilst attempting to survive against government forces, rival gangs and other adversaries. Uh, A lot of adversaries being just horses that misbehave. (laughs) There's actually a... uh, there's actually a spin-off called um, Horses Misbehaving. That's rated R. Uh, the game is presented through first and third person perspectives and the player uh, may freely roam in its interactive open world. Uh, gameplay elements include shootouts, robberies, hunting, horseback riding, interacting with non-player characters 
and maintaining the character's honour rating through moral choices and deeds. A bounty system governs the response of law enforcement and bounty, bounty hunters to crimes committed by the player. So this is as Wild West as it gets. You can't, uh, you can't get away with much out there, even though the whole point of it is to just be an outlaw doing what you want. You rarely get away with it. I've, I've been uh, pulled up by a vulture before mm. for doing something wrong. The honour rating slips quickly. It does. Um, so just some general thoughts on the game um, of why I love it. And, of course, you know, you'll hear from why you love it, Tom, so much. Not about Will because Will didn't love it, uh, and that's the, that's the sad thing. He, he, he doesn't understand love like we do. Mm. Clearly. Mm. What's not uh, to love? No. And so one of the... Sorry, I heard my name. Did you want to know where I'm up to in Pokemon or... Pikmin. Pokemon? Are you playing Pikmin again? I love Red Dead. <laughs> what, what, but you're playing Leaf Green. You're not even playing Pokemon Red. You could have at least done that for us today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could have played Fire Red in honour. But don't, don't downplay that I hate, hate Red Dead. That's not true. That's not true. I think it's extraordinarily beautiful to look at, Red Dead. It's well, you should look at it some more. No. I don't. I can't. I've got to play <laughs> other games. I've got to play other games. I've got to play Warframe. Look, Tom. Tom spent however long growing up with you. Let's say eighteen years. Until how old were you when you moved out, Tom? Twenty. So Tom spent twenty years living with you, encroaching his personal space. I don't reckon you should lean across any more than you're welcome. Tom, Tom will let you know when you're right to speak. At the moment, you are not. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, call, call upon me when you need me. Um, hey, Will, so what do you think about the... Uh, no, I'm joking. I don't need you. <laughs> Sucked in. It's not funny. <laughs> We're laughing. Yeah. The Red Dead boys are laughing. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, the Kelly Ned Kelly boy. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, to me, so this is the one of the all-time great games. Um, it's set right in the wildest era of America's uh, stunning yet dangerous heartland. So it's not quite the, uh, you know, it's a Western as we've come to know and love, but this time the frontier isn't the desert, as is quite stereotypical of these games. Uh, but the lush countryside, uh, so, and that for the most part anyway, we can go into the, the old tumbleweed areas uh Every now and then, if we like. Um, so it's one of those few experiences you have where you know you could put years into it, but naturally you just can't. So this means you can always come back to do, come back to it and have something to do. Uh, but it kind of makes you sad that you just you might never get there. It does seemingly never end. Yeah, mm. but but it's like it's not unfathomable and unfathomably big. No, but when did you say come out? 2018. 2018. So I'm currently five years into the the platinum journey, and it's, there's no end in sight. <laughs> Which is what's bringing us back to the game because we're going to get you that platinum. I don't know if we want to get down the the rabbit hole of your complete game completion rating. Oh, it's probably not worth it right now. That's pretty high. It wouldn't take long to go through the list. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think I think Red Dead Redemption Two is a it's a masterpiece in pacing. Uh, for me, um, character development and also escapism. Um, it's all about the fine details uh, from the horse's balls shrinking in the cold, which features heavily in Horses uh, Gone Wild or whatever I said that <laughs> spin-off was. Um, horses misbehaving. Horses misbehaving. Yeah. Um, 
muscles rippling as the horse walks. Um, and my horse's name was uh, was Popeye, and he was a he was a mighty shire. Um, <laughs> so an interesting fact as well for everyone trying to understand the the breadth of this game. There are over ten thousand pages of dialogue in this game script. Uh, so plentiful are the interactions you can have, uh, and that could be background, you know, conversations or anything like that. And it also the the motion uh, the motion capture or performance capture that the uh, all the actors went through, uh, which means that they were you know live physically acting out, not just voice acting. Uh, they, I think, they were on in the studio for about two and a half years, uh, doing the whole game, which is out of control. That's a long commitment. Is that just for the main characters or for every? Uh, so I know talking about the main the main characters, yeah. they, they spoke about being there for two and a half years. Yeah, wow. And a lot of them doubled up and they, you know, they just repurposed their captures mm. for other, you know, other reasons in yeah, different yeah. scenes. But, uh, and yeah, just the final, yeah, the final thought that I had um, before we dive into story time uh, and hear from, hear from you first, Tom, is that uh, Will hates it. Much like he hates Pikmin 4. Does he like anything? Not sure. Mm. Not sure. Um, he doesn't like Essendon. No, we know that. We know that. We know um, that. <laughs> you know, he doesn't like the original Game Boy. He's playing some souped up version. Well, uh, it's got a backlight, you see. It's got a backlight. It's an improvement. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> 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 yeah. Should, should we call upon <laughs> Will? <laughs> I went to lean over and I knew I, I forgot I had to ask. Can I? Can I? Yeah, you, you may speak. Yes. I just want to clarify that <laughs> my Game Boy Advance SP had a backlight. So when I played this game as a child, the backlight was there. So buying this new Game Boy doesn't improve the backlight situation. Just wanted to make that clear. What if you toggle off the backlight on the SP? Well, I'm not. A, I'm not a psycho. Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> this is. This tells me a lot about you. The well, why did they put the toggle on there? <laughs> I don't know. It's Nintendo. <laughs> it's Nintendo. They just do things. Well, you should look your brother in the eye when you're having these conversations with him. Stop. Stop making this episode about anything other than Red Dead, Tom. I have. This is all Luke, actually. He instigated this conversation. <laughs> Tom, I'm your co-host. This oh, is where you don't yeah, throw yeah, me under the bus. Sorry, sorry. I forgot. Unless it's I Will. Forgot. Yeah. No, Will, you're wrong. <laughs> so, in a in in just a general sense, Tom, what are your what are your feel, thoughts and feelings on Red Dead the game? From your you know what's hooked you in so much to how uh, many hours you've put into it? What do you what do you what do you love? Um, oh, just riding around and the uh, the it's gonna sound strange, but the I reckon the most captivating thing is just riding around to the next mission and then some little guitar line will start in the background and all you can see is a forest and there's no there's nothing else and it's like hypnotic in a way mm. you can sit there and i could just cruise around on the back of a horse for hours and you just forget what even is going on all these little themes in the soundtrack do you mean that yeah, sort of yeah. paint the sort of make you feel mm. a certain way when yeah, you yeah, hit certain yeah. places and normally they yeah. sort of start well that's from what i've sort of picked up on anyways uh, it's not like immediate. As soon as you jump on your horse, it goes into some, I don't know, Clint Eastwood theme. Mm. But it, after a minute or two of cruising through the countryside, uh, a, a little guitar line or something in the background will come come in, and it's, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like magical. 
Do you find it sort of relaxing or like more engaging? Yeah. No, like, no, just relaxing. Mm. And you can, I can just sit there and for hours and it's like watching a TV show. Yeah, because <laughs> I think that's the sort of like relatability that the game has in that sense is that like you, you're you riding around sort of untouched, uh, you know, uh, outback, not outback, wilds, yeah. wildlands, whatever of uh, America and you sort of, uh, it's familiar enough because you, you know there's like, you know, all these... I don't know, Western villages, right? Or wooden wooden shacks and everything like that. So you know there's people there, and you know it wasn't too far back in the in the past that it's completely unfamiliar to you. Uh but it still sort of captures that real nice uh nature feel that I oh, know you enjoy when you go for a drive. For yeah, example. it's it's kinda of like a road trip on a horse. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like familiar. It's familiar, but it just mm. enough but enough of, to be an escape. So you sort of like you feel like you're experiencing the best of the world. Without so many people in it that we have today, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I. It, that is like the most captivating thing I think. And then um, when in the in the same vein, when there's like a shootout or something like that, when the music ramps up into some kind of like, I don't know how to. It's like a, <laughs> yeah, there's like a procession happening, yeah. and it's you can't sit, help but sit there and be like egg was this <laughs> <laughs> yeah so most of your most of your love for the game because you're a avid musician or you know you love your stuff not professional but i just mean like you, you you and will so will's always been the drummer you've always been the guitarist mm. and you're always uh muck around on a guitar so do you uh is the music musical cues sort of like the, your main love of the game like is that what do you think it does differently to other games yeah uh, I, th- I think it reinforces the setting uh, better than any other game I can think of off the top of my head, mm. and obviously don't you know think about it as much like you guys do. But um, it is so perfectly in tune with what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, and that's the I guess it comes straight out of that era as well. Yeah, they replicate it so well. Whether even with like if you start getting into the hotter climates, like you know uh, the area that's in the first game. Which mm. is what New Austin and stuff like that. You start to get more harmonicas and yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. It feels drier. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, this can be like you're talking about the forest. That's sort of that slight acoustic. We'll talk about the music a bit later. We might go into a bit more then. But if you hear like yeah, just the slightest like strum, yeah, you, you sort of think like uh, there's more technical musical terms. I'm I'm aware. <laughs> but let's say a strum. Mm. There's a strum of a guitar and strings go a twang. And you sort of think <laughs> that's my that's my uh, that's me diving into music. <laughs> uh, we um, and you sort of think, oh, I should check out what's in there because it sounds a bit mysterious. Yeah, and like the unknown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it like breaks the silence of, or not the silence because you can hear the horse clip clopping around, mm. but it, it it breaks the silence of the background noise, um, and it feels like you should be, you should keep going in the in the direction that you're going. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what about the general, like you know, the the just the overall experience, story, uh, how much time you've put into it? Like, what do you, what do you, uh, what holds this so highly uh, for you? In well, your- the story, the story is, I think you would agree, is, is extremely good. Uh, I've played through the story twice, um, and twice before we even knew that you'd played the game. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's this is the lunchtime sessions yeah you, you, power you couldn't tell anyone because you would have been fired if they had found out through us yeah right? yeah, yeah you end up having a four-hour lunch break without even realizing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh 
Um, it, the second time I played it, it's long enough. It's, it's a pretty long story, but it's long enough where the second time I played it, which wasn't directly after, but a, a, another few months down the track, I'd forgotten a, a fair chunk of what had happened. So it was still surprising the second time around. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, I think it's really good. Um, there's It is long. There's a couple of sections where... It'd be what thirty, thirty to forty hour story. You reckon? Yeah, about that. Yeah, I reckon if you if you just powered through all of the main missions and never did anything else, uh, probably not that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I just think it's really good. Um, there's enough um, surprises to to keep you wanting to see what happens at the end. Hmm. Yeah, and I think it's uh it's one of those few games that's so big because uh, I was watching a, a a video I can't actually attribute this to who, which YouTuber it was who did the video, but they sort of commented that uh, where so many games, you know, like all the Assassin's Creeds of the world and everything like that, sort of load up on all these extra features and you know fast travel points. Like the, if you look at a map, if you open up a map, they just litter it with all sorts of points of interest. That's just too much. Whereas Red Dead Redemption is pretty stark compared to most of those mainstream game, other mainstream games. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much in there that just happens, uh, whether it's by chance or you know scripted that they just don't tell you about, that it keeps it feeling organic as opposed to like intimidating from the start. Yeah, yeah. There's not like if you if you go past a a cabin in a forest and someone comes out wanting help with something, it doesn't you, you didn't know about that on the map. 20 minutes before you rode past it. Mm. It just randomly happens as you go past it. Um, even like the the fast travel, like the, um, if you can call it that, like you can go to the train stations and, mm. and go to the next town, but it takes you three days to ride there on the horse in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, and yeah, and that's something I'd like to touch on a bit later because the fast travel, uh, I think the lack of fast travel, well, you know, like a really accessible fast travel system that we've become used to from other games. Is one of its uh, one of its strengths. Yeah, I agree. Because you don't want you don't want them hand feeding you everything. Yeah, and it's also true to, again, it's true to the setting because it's not like people, whatever year it was, eighteen eighty nine, are going to the airport and flying to, mm. in, you know, the next city over. They they would have to go to a train station, get the train, and thirty two hours later arrive at the destination. Mm. Um, so. There probably shouldn't be an easy way mm. to get to the next city if it's if this is the time that it's set in. Yeah, well, if patience isn't your thing, I would say don't live in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it's it's probably not going to be for you. No, it's easily <laughs> it's easier to throw that around these days. They you know people always talk about recommend against going back to certain years, but I say it <laughs> with authority. If you're impatient, don't go back to the eighteen hundreds. There's no instant gratification back then. If you want, if you want a, if you want a tin of baked beans, you got to go pick those beans. You got to <laughs> shell them. You got to soak them for a while. And then if you want tomato, you know, like tomato flavored beans. You got to get tomatoes. Then you got to get sugar. Then you got to make a tin can. Yeah, you got. <laughs> and that's and that takes a, uh, that takes a lot of many sticks, from what I've been told. I don't know. Uh, what is a tin can made of? Uh, I think it's mostly can. Okay, yeah. Can. I think it's mostly can. Yeah, I figured it was mostly can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's 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 pretty it's tricky. 
We were talking, actually, just talking recently about my pa. Uh, my sister was talking about my pa and when we used to uh, be at his place because he was a horse trainer. So not too far removed from Arthur Morgan, the protagonist of this story. Uh, but I'd more see him as an antagonist in a Red Dead Redemption <laughs> story. But he he actually used to get like a, hot, like a tin of baked beans if we were out the back with him because if he'd cook something on his open fire, a little fireplace out the, out, outside, he'd just throw the tin into the fire to let it heat up. Mm. And then crack it open, and I just don't see that as I don't I don't want to go back to those years mm. thinking about what it's like in the eighteen hundreds to try to heat up a can of baked beans. Yeah, even to crack it open, we have a can opener, right? Yeah, that'll probably work. Back then, just a knife. Even the beers, <laughs> you had to open like a yeah. big can. It was like a massive, like thick aluminium uh, can. They were huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want it. You cracked your thumb on it. You split your thumb open on a can opener once. This is why I keep bringing up the tin awesome. can. It's it's a it's a sensitive topic. <laughs> I don't want the tin can. <laughs> yeah, look, we'll have a bonus episode where we sort through both your um, your childhood hang-ups on each other, um, the injuries you might have caused to each other. How long have you got? Well, I mean, who's going to have who's going to have most of the stories? Who who lost the most fights? Oh, will <laughs> definitively. Yeah, but I won all of the Beyblade Arena battles, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, I do. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I'm not so sure. <laughs> Interesting. I, I lost Tom's marbles once at school. I bet one of his marbles, favourite marbles, and I lost it to some other kid. Do you recall what sort of marble, marble it was? Was it an oily? I don't recall this was at it all. A, was it a phantom? Sounds like Will's going to the marble shop after here. <laughs> Replace what he's told. <laughs> Those are the days. We'll do an episode on marbles, the game, soon. Um, but in the meantime, we'll focus on Red Dead Redemption and uh, and a little bit of a look at uh, horse misbehaving later after dark, Rumble Pack after dark. Oh, not that again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so it's time for a bit of story time. All right, you guys ready to hear hear a story and a half? Oh yeah, and by a story and a half, I actually mean about three quarters of a story. What about the last quarter? That'll come later. Okay, and then the, and then the other st- half story and a half will have to come when the sequel comes out. Is that okay with you both? I'm okay. That's great. No, just nod, Will. They can't hear you. No. Just just nod. Mm. Will's nodding. Will yes. Will nods. <laughs> so. After a ferry heist goes wrong in the fictional city of Blackwater in eight, oh, sorry, Tom. By the way, just get comfortable because this is this is some of the most gripping retelling of story. Uh, this is one of the best segments on podcast. Do do I need popcorn? Did you bring your eye mask? Like I said, eye mask. Is it for sleeping? No, no. So he, no, no, no. He's not gonna, sleeping. He's gonna go on and on. So he can imagine being there. Yeah. He doesn't need to. He's played it. Twice. He's quite patient. I think he can go back. Yeah, he know he knows before I even say what's going on. <laughs> I'm I'm fully in. That's okay. <laughs> so after a ferry heist goes wrong in the fictional city of Blackwater in 1899, uh, the Vandalind gang have to lose a stash of cash and get the hell out of there. And by lose, I mean he stashes it somewhere because it's a stash. Uh, fleeing to the mountains, which is where we join them, a smack bang in the middle of a blizzard. Chilly. It's a harsh blizzard too. Mm. Yeah, it was. Couldn't see anything. Um, you, as um, the, sorry, just inter- interjected. Will even make it that far in the game? 
it. He said, it, he said it was a harsh blizzard. I just want to make sure he, it was. he's telling the truth. <laughs> it was a harsh blizzard. I remember. <laughs> I mean, the start of the game was good. It's a bit slow, but, but it was good. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm picking up the mic slightly. Yeah. That's all right. If anyone, if anyone um, can't hear, just when Will speaks, turn it right up <laughs> and then quickly turn <laughs> it down because I'm coming in off. I'm afraid of moving over. It's on my head by me. No, no, no. He's got glasses on. Yeah, I don't want to break my glasses. He's got glasses. Four, four eyes people can't win things. All right. Whose side are you on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, you're my co-host. Focus. You're not Will. He's not Will. He's, a no- he's nice. Uh, okay. So as the days of the Wild West and outlaws draw to a close, as civilization threatens, uh, you know, untethered, uh, threaten, uh, it threatens the life of the untethered freedom. Uh, have you heard of that term before? Anyway, so I'll continue the story. Uh, the the gangs the gang decides it's no time. They make some dough um, to escape the law and retire. Uh, to get this underway, they rob a train owned by one Leviticus Cornwell Cornwall, uh, who hires Pinkerton agents to apprehend them. Uh, Booker Dewitt of uh, Bioshock Infinite Fame. <laughs> He's uh, notice, noticeably absent. Uh, from these Pinkertons, unfortunately. Yeah, well, fun- funnily, funnily enough, I think they're Finkertons. Oh. You idiot. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not, but I like it. What? No, he's... In Bioshock? Booker, Booker's Isn't a Fink town? Yeah, yeah. Booker's a Pinkerton from when he was on, in New York. He's Stop a former trying Pink- to derail the Red Dead episode, Luke. Get back on story time. Dera- Pinkertons derailed many trains. On the hunt so for outlaws. What did the Finkertons do? Uh, d- don't get lost in it. He's talking about a Bioshock reference. You, you brought Bioshock into this. <laughs> sorry. Uh, just, sorry, just to quickly update, my Squirtle's level 12. And really? I'm, and I'm almost at, um, what's the first town called? I'm almost at Brock's gym. Yeah. Uh, Pallet Town. Pewter. Pewter. Pewter Town. Pallet Town's where you live. Yeah, anyway, sorry. So technically the first town. <laughs> so. Well, that's... If you want, Pretty, uh, sorry, sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. There's a town in between. Don't worry. Viridian. We're Viridian City. Uh, Will, Shit. I need you to behave over there. I need I you to. The mic. I, need you, <laughs> I need you to behave, Will. My serious. <laughs> Will has become unhinged. Serious going off. Will's going off. I'm about to go off. <laughs> So if you wanted back if you wanted more backgrounding on Bioshock Infinite, go back and listen to our episode on Bioshock Infinite. You'll get all the details there and find out that Will is wrong. <laughs> um, so as Arthur and the gang make more money from doing dodgy jobs, uh, including debt collecting from those less fortunate and sick folk, uh, Dutch starts promising the next heist will be their last, always reassuring them that he has a plan. Has a plan. Uh, it's around this uh, point that we're tasked with finding gang member Lenny. And uh, this is just a little detour I want to take because it's one of the more mem- memorable parts of the game. Where's gang member Carl? Who's Carl? Lenny and Carl, Simpsons. Oh. Yeah. So, um, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we go out to find gang member Lenny. Um, and by finding Lenny, we of course made a 10 minute montage of Arthur and Lenny getting shit faced at the saloon. Um, uh, when we do find him. And it's, it's one of the funniest scenes in gaming. Do you recall that, Tom? Yeah, there's a lot of stumbling going on. Lenny! <laughs> can, I, can I? 
I that is <laughs> that's actually uh, that's actually one of my favorite bits from the game from when I played. I thought it was so funny that whole sequence when he's yelling out to Lenny and then him and Lenny are like punching on with each yeah. other yeah. And, and all that. Like seriously, it was hilarious. That whole that whole um, quest was great. I really like that. And full on saloon fights. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you turn around and everyone looks like Lenny and you can't find out which the real Lenny yeah, is because yeah. he's so blind. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so following a, sh- a shootout uh, with. Cornwall's men in the sleepy, muddy hollow of Valentine, uh, the gang relocate to the state of Lemoyne, uh, where they get caught up in an old school plantation war between two rich tobacco farming families, or one's a, one, at least one of them's a tobacco farming family, the Braithwaites, um, who come up against the Greys. Daryl. Yeah, Daryl Braithwaite. <laughs> the horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Lemoyne is essentially like a Louisiana-style um, part of the part of this fictional United States. Very uh, very muddy. Uh, very steamy, actually. Sticky. And I reckon they're going to get a few bugs sleeping around in that camp. Mm. Do we, mm. we reckon about hygiene back then? Very. <laughs> Not good. It looks very humid. It does look humid. Mm. Oh, yeah. They must have smelled. Very bad. Imagine the ringworms. Mm. <laughs> All that fungus popping yeah. up. Yeah. So um, shit gets pretty hectic, though, when the uh, the families double-cross them, uh, naturally, um, killing a gang member named Sean Maguire, our Irish uh, fool of the group, who's always getting himself into trouble. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, he's the token Irishman from this entry in the Red Dead series, following the Irishman called Irish <laughs> from Red Dead Redemption, um, who is an absolute idiot. Um, anyway, Jack also gets kidnapped. Kidnapped. Um, and I don't reckon I'd mentioned Jack to this point, but he is, he's of course, uh, John Marston's uh, boy who's in Red Dead Redemption 1. You end up playing as him towards the end. And uh, Jack is but a wee lad in this. And he's just, uh, he's just uh, looking up to all the gang members uh, like they're very normal law-abiding folk. Mm. And uh, I don't think it's the best upbringing to have. Yeah, not the best role models. No. You would not think. No. Not many tins of spaghetti for him as no. a fun job because it took too long to make them. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, the gang gets its revenge against the Braithwaites and Greys uh, by wrecking both of the families in these uh, shootouts, in big shootouts, uh, burning the big Braithwaite Manor down in the in the process. Big classical, you know, in, in this middle of a grove, big white uh, white house with pillars. If you just think of any sort of plantation house from the movies, mm. where they've got slaves everywhere, Big mansion, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and um, so Dutch um, Dutch loses more marbles though at this point uh, by feeding one of the enemies to an alligator, and Arthur really doesn't like this at all. Uh, and Dutch is just a he's just a he's misguided to say the least. Yeah. Do we think he's um, becoming unhinged a little bit at this point? More than. Start to turn. Paranoid. The, the humidity's got to him. It would. It gets anyone. Mm. He's, I think he's got a, a parasite in his brain some, somehow. <laughs> he peed in the water. Yeah, he must he have. don't pee in the water yeah. down there. <laughs> uh, so next up, we um, <clears throat> the gang robber bank in uh, Saint, Saint-Denis. Uh, which is the game's version of uh, New Orleans or New Orleans, depending on where you're from. <laughs> um, but the bookerless uh, Pinkertons bob up again, uh, killing our beloved Hosea um, and arresting John. Uh, 
John Marston, of course, and Hosea Matthews, and he's sort of like the old, the the wise man of the group. Yeah, the old who, wise owl. Yeah, who's always encouraging Arthur to sort of look for you know alternative ways to make money, sort of move away from this criminal life, which is happening in Sons of Anarchy, which I'm watching now, of course. Oh, yeah, nice. You see that a bit of a... Uh, there's a couple of them who just realise that why don't we just stop being criminals? Mm. And I have that same thought daily. Are you a criminal? No comment. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Dutch... So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dutch Arthur Bill, uh, Bill Williamson, that is, Javier Escuela and uh, Micah... Bell, I yep. think it is, uh, escaped the city via a ship heading to Cuba to get away from these, uh, you know, the Pinkertons that are hunt- hunting them for robbing this bank. Uh, a torrential storm sinks the ship, though, and the men wash ashore on the island of Guama, where they become embroiled in a war between tyrannical sugar plantation owner Thusa and the enslaved local population. So now we're getting right into that old plantation uh, warfare style thing that we've always wanted to play in a video game. Mm. Uh we're neck, yeah, we're just neck deep in the 1800s now. Yeah, it gets uh, getting a little messy. Mm. The uh, I didn't realize that uh, the what's his name Fusa, Fusa. Yeah. He, he was at the um, in Saint Denis. They uh, they all meet him um, at that party at the um, oh at the mayor's party. Yeah, at the the mayor's party. He was there. Right. Mm, I didn't realize that till recently. Oh. Yeah. Really? Okay, I'll have to look out for that in another playthrough. Yeah, and I reckon the whole that whole section would have made a lot more sense to me the first time I played it if I had picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fair to note, while we're going through this uh, this story time, there's actually about 100 characters that we could be mentioning that would draw this out to a five-hour recap. Mm. And we just it's just impossible to do it. Yeah. Uh, but we'll touch on the main ones shortly because uh, there are just so many interesting characters and even then we couldn't cover them all today. Um, yeah, so, there is a lot. Which is the beauty of just playing this game for yourself. Uh, so after helping the revolutionaries kill the tyrant Fusa on Guama, um, it's, uh, they secure transport back to the United States and reunite with the rest of the gang. Uh, despite the terrible run they've had of it, uh, Dutch fixates on one last heist and uh, doubts Arthur's... Uh, or, or no, I haven't written notes in English. Like he's in my own. Okay, I can't. I can't follow them. Are so. you trying to say he's 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 doubting Arthur's loyalty to the plan? I am. Mm. That is why you're here. I, I thought that's what you <laughs> might have been trying to say. I would have said if it was just me here, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> Don't act like I wouldn't have. You know, I would have. Say it. Can you hear something, Tom? No. What is it? Yeah, I don't mm. know what that was. Uh, some inter interference. Yeah, radio interference. Mm. Mm. Uh, so Arthur basically goes against Dutch's. Um, plans and, go, and breaks John out of prison because um, uh, I think Dutch yeah, Dutch just wanted it done a bit later. He was delaying it forever. He was taking so long and it was just, oh, hang on, is there an achievement going on in Pokemon there, is there? Oh, I'm just, sorry, I've just been, I've been walking back and forth in Viridian Forest to find a Pikachu and I just found one. What level? Three, but it's it's only a 5% chance to catch, uh, to find one in there, so I'm, I'm just happy I found one. That's really? All. Yeah. Oh, winning all round today. Successful day for the podcast. Congratulations, Will. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so basically, because of this uh, transgression of Arthur's going and breaking John out, uh, Dutch cracks it big time and ends up installing uh, Micah as his uh, as his lieutenant mm, in place. Right hand man. 
Yeah, in in place of Arthur. And Micah is unhinged, to say the least. He's a complete he's a complete asshole. He's a little insane. Yeah. And he's and he's absolute ass kisser for Dutch. Yeah. He looks like Iggy Pop. He does look like Iggy Pop. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that is not a uh the barely a sane cell between them. <laughs> is that a fair comment? I I don't think I meant it as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this further divides Arthur and Dutch, um, especially as Dutch loses his moral compass, murdering Leviticus Cornwell at a meeting, and uh, that's a that's killing cold uh, blood, the richest man in the whole in this little pocket of the universe we've got going. Yeah, and uh, as I said, civilization's creeping in here, so they're not quite getting away with the things they used to, and uh, yeah, the law's well, catching up with them. The law is catching up. Can't with them. escape. Shooting and running away. Yeah. So though Dutch seems to be losing his mind, it's actually Arthur's health that becomes the main concern. Because recall when I mentioned earlier that they go around doing their errands and dodgy jobs to get money, including taking money off the sick. Well, there was one person he interacted with uh, that coughed on him when he was taking money from him. Mm. And all this time later, presumably probably a couple of months in game, Arthur starts to get his own cough. And one thing's for sure. One one thing I learned in year 12, and this isn't a spoiler, but it has me on edge every time. One thing I learned in year 12 is if someone coughs in a movie, that means they're going to die. <laughs> well, luckily this is not a movie. Correct. Mm. Why, is it, why, why did you learn in year 12? What, was the, media, what happened there? Media studies. But why would they script in a cough if it didn't mean anything? Hmm. He Arthur does... Smoke a lot. He does in in game. It could be, a... but he wouldn't start. He wouldn't start coughing until something was up. Mm, you might be right. They don't want to waste sound bites on uh, coughs. Yeah, true. They'd edit them out if it was accidental. Yeah, if it was accidental, it would just be annoying. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Could be onto something. Yeah. So everybody out there, that's sort of going to be a spoiler for everything you ever watch. Almost from... like you've played it. <laughs> <laughs> so everything everyone ever watches now. If someone coughs in it, yep, you are going to have Turn doubts, bulk doubts. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, after this interaction, this is a few months earlier when they were camped up near uh, Valentine, but now they're near, now they're in uh, Saint Denis, and Arthur has a bit of a, a real intense coughing fit and blacks out. Uh, and um, so, spoilers: he actually got diagnosed with um, tu- gets t- diagnosed with tuberculosis, and uh, TB was. Quite devastating back then. It's terrible now, and it was way worse back then. Mm, not ideal. Not ideal. It's not what you'd call a simple lurgy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I don't think so. It's uh, it would have been the man flu of its time, though. I'm sure there was great shame in catching TB <laughs> and admitting to it. So, uh, so with his own future no longer a concern, uh, such is its uh, grim outlook. Uh, uh, oh, no longer a priority. Let's put it that way. Uh, Arthur begins putting plans in place to protect the gang, uh, telling John to leave the gang with his family, and openly defying Dutch by aiding the local Native American people, uh, who are obviously trying to fight back against the uh, the, the crawl of uh, uh, industry into their um, into their homelands, mm. uh, which we've seen, which we see in uh, society still today. That's quite insane. Uh, so when the Pinkertons find and attack their camp, uh, Dutch becomes paranoid that there's a rat in their midst, 
and uh, several gang mem- members leave, um, while Dutch and his maniacal evil shill, uh, Micah, um, arrange one final heist of an army payroll train. And uh, if there's one thing you don't want to challenge in the world, it's payroll for a gov- government, for the public service, because that's all that keeps them alive. They won't have it. They won't have it. If there's any threat to pay from the government, <laughs> first-hand experience, don't ever bring government's payroll into doubt. Even I will mess you up. <laughs> so uh, this is where uh, Dutch loses us completely. Uh, he abandons Arthur to the army, leaves John for dead um, after he gets shot during the heist, which, of course, mm-hmm. which is actually what triggers John's uh, disillusionment uh, in the... Uh, original game, oh, Red Dead Redemption from 2010. Um, and he also refuses to rescue a kidnapped, kidnapped Abigail, who is uh, John's wife. And uh, so Arthur and Sa- Sadie actually go, and uh, Sadie being someone they saved earlier, she's a bit of a, an outlaw herself and a total badass. Um, they go and save Abigail from Agent, Agent Milton of the Pinkertons, who reveals that Micah is the informer. All He's the rat. And of course he was. Mm-hmm. He's just the the ultimate shithead. Yep. And um, but Abigail actually uh, kills uh, Agent Milton. There she gets to revenge herself. So that's enough story time for now. Uh, we'll touch on the ending a tad later because there's a few characters we need to dive into before we reach this big old climax. And you know, there's a, there's a few things I, I want everyone to not be aware of just yet as we go into it. So. Um, so a bit about the, the world, and the setting. But as you mentioned before, Tom, I'm not talking setting as in picture and audio. Difficulty? Uh, not difficulty either. Okay. HDR, no. Right. Uh, Control layout? Accessibility, no. Okay. Control layout, no. Right. I'm talking the setting in a worldly sense. Uh, so really, it's a, just chime, chime in at any, any old time you've got a thought here as well. Okay. Uh, but... This is a this is a huge and uh, you know simply beautiful and uh, totally wild uh, world, and you can do what you want really. Um, there's areas that represent different, uh, pretty much all ecosystems of North America, from the bayou through to the desert, uh, right up to the northern mountains. Um, and the gangs camp moves multiple times, which helps you really settle into and adapt to the uh, different conditions. Uh, because yeah, so the first what well, the first camp is probably in like the uh, I don't really know that sort of like heartlands of America. You know, if you think of where people go fly fishing, these really low cur- you know, yeah. careening rivers. Yeah, not too cold, not too hot. Yeah. Everything's nice and green. Mm. Um, how else could you describe it? But just it's just very lush. Yeah, uh, and like yeah, they're just quite nice. What What was your favorite sort of general setting of the game? Like if you're yeah, we're thinking about the mountains. We're thinking about the the yeah, the wetlands or even, uh, even down near Armadillo, New Austin, the, the desert style. Yeah, I I think I like the um where Saint Denis is and all of the outskirts where all like the um The Bayou. Yeah. Yeah. All like the where the alligators live and the, the, the shallow muddy waters and all that sort of stuff and they have the there's all um littered throughout there, uh like cabins and stuff built on on stilts that are in not in the water, but they're kind of accessed via boardwalks and things like that. Um, that area is pretty cool. Um, but other than that, I I don't think that any of them are 
bad. Bad's not a great word or un- unappealing. They're mm. all pretty um, pretty unique, mm. um, and it's it, they. F- it feels like you've gone into a whole different um, country when you mm. go to like from even from when you start up in the uh, uh, the snowy mountains, you get down to the the lush valley. It's like a different country. Mm. So yeah, they're all good. What's your favorite? Yes, well, my favorite uh, would I get a similar because where we start the game, yeah, like the the mm. northwest What's called Colton? mountains, up, uh, almost what's well, up near um, Mount Hagen or something. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you say? The what's the, the town's called Coulter, I think, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And up up so up in the northwest where we start, where this blizzard is, I really like that just because it was the early days. Yeah. I always like revisiting. Parts that you've been to early in the story, because yeah. you know when you you have no idea where you are at the start of a game or what the context is, and then when you can get into it later on, mm. when you're fully aware of what the game is yeah. all about, that's really exciting, I think. Uh, but so I really like that that uh, big valley area, yeah, that is sort of like that's almost at the foothills of the the Rocky Mountains sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's almost like ski resort country if people are going there or yeah, yeah. Uh, Alpine resorts, whatever. Yeah. Is that where you do the first bear hunt? Is that th- in that? No, area? so that's is that a different spot? That's up near that the further east. That big lake is that what you're referring to with the oh, cottage yeah, on the, the lake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that all, that whole area is really cool. Yeah, uh, anything that's sort of alpiney. Yeah, uh, because you got the tree cover. Yeah, uh, it's definitely creep. It's definitely a bit creepier when there's outlaws about. Yeah, and some of those cottages up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, all the all the all the bad guys are littered in amongst the trees, and you can't see them. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, and we we're talking before about the fast travel not being immediately available. Did you ever use it? I, uh, I, I tried to use it once, twice. and I still don't even know how to use it. Yeah, you got to go. Besides, sorry, besides the horse, uh, the carriages are like a post office. But if you go back to your camp, there's a fast travel function. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. So you yeah, okay, there you go. So there's a map on the side of like Arthur's little bed or rest area. Yeah, and if you can select which part of the map you want to uh, select and go to, but just from there. So it's not worth it by the time you travel back to camp sometimes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I didn't even know that. There you go. I thought you had to go to a train station to use the train. I think it's worth I think it's worthless anyway. I think the the like the majority of the fun of the game like Tom mentioned earlier is just the experience of riding around the the world and picking up things along the way and getting sidetracked similar to Zelda. Yeah. Where you just find yourself lost in the world for an hour and you didn't even know it. Even when I what I've played of Red Dead 2 I hardly used. It. I did use it once. I remember I caught the train once. I've used the signpost a couple of times, but very, very rare. I never wanted to. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the best way. Uh, all the travels integrated into the game well enough that when you're doing a mission, it'll take you to the next area and that, like organically. Uh, so the, it always keeps it fresh. Yeah. They, they'll never send you all the way to the other side of the map and then all the way back again no. or anything like that. No. But if you want to revisit old areas, yeah, you can jump in a horse and carriage and it'll take you to a town, uh, but you can't just get it to drop you anywhere on the map. So yeah. you can't just appear somewhere that you've got to earn it but you also want to yeah because just like you've mentioned yeah mentioned before there's just so much beauty and feeling to be had from just you know just uh i don't know just strolling your way through that place and it does get easier because you you get your horse builds up stamina the more you run around on it and you get items to feed to the horse so you can keep clicking the x button to keep it running and things like that Mm. so it gets easier in a way to to move around but whether you need the the fast travel or not, I don't know. Yeah, well, I recall recently one of the one of the best and worst fast travel systems I've used uh, was in Horizon 
uh, Zero Dawn because it's it's by campfire. So you'll, yeah. you'll, you and you've played that, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. So you go around and you'll find a campfire, you can ignite it or whatever. Yeah. But you can only travel between campsites by going uh, between fires by going to a fire. Uh, oh no, you can no. So you can do it from a map. You can do I, it from I think a map. you can do it, but you need to use. You need fast travel packs. Yeah, you got to you got to craft the packs. That's right. Which are a pretty expensive things yeah. to, to put together from and, memory. And the actual fireplaces, the um, are so close together. Yeah, they can be. There's some of them that you feel like they're about 100 meters away. Yeah, yeah. And it's so they're they're so like they oversaturate the map with these fast travel points. Mm. Uh, but you actually need to, yeah. Again, you need to earn it by getting these packs together. Yeah. But when I was trying to move through horizons, I, I never wanted to just. I don't know how to ride around the place. You have to go and corrupt a, one of the robots. Yeah, I never, I never did that. And they're never near you. Yeah. So it's so it's it's. I ended it, up just running fun. around everywhere. Yeah, and which is sort of not by design, right? Like yeah. it's not what you meant to do. Yeah, I didn't think the effort of corrupting the horsey-looking machines was worth it. <laughs> yeah, and that exactly. So I think that this. Uh, the, if they had have made the actual travel more fun, mm. that's acceptable to be harder. I, I, again, this this yeah. game, this, they they're both over. They over provide fast travel and they under provide mm. in other ways. This is Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm talking. Yeah. Um. But I think Red Dead Redemption does it so well. Well, they almost arrogantly just go, "Nah, you don't need it that much. Yeah. Just work out work it out yourself." Yeah, but like like I said earlier, like everything like else is is so um, true to the time. Even how painful it is to flick through an item book in the store and things like that. The catalog, yeah, yeah. To then going and put a thousand fast travel points, like it, it just makes sense that it's a it's a bit of a mission to get around because everything mm. else is kind of a bit of a mission. Yeah, so. it, yeah, and it's uh, it makes you just. Yeah, it just makes you feel out and about it out in the yeah. out in the filth of the world. Yeah, hey, and you get to see cool stuff all the time. Mm. Yeah, I think personally on that that yeah, I definitely agree on the fast travel not being necessarily needed, um, or like is ex- well to be more expanded than it already is. But something like the catalog in the store, or just generally in the world when you like pick things up, like everything is so slow. Mm. And I know that's maybe like maybe some people appreciate that because it feels like you're really in the world. But I don't know. To to me, I just think. Everything happens so damn slowly. There's so much waiting in that game that it just drives me insane. It's part of the reason that I haven't come back to it. Yeah, mm. and I don't dislike the game, but it's just that kind of thing just drives me crazy. Well, uh, and as as that is as is the now known common law. If you're impatient, you don't go back to the 1800s. <laughs> uh, and it sort of lends to that. <laughs> lends to that. I think the I think it's um uh, oh yeah. Uh, this is more of a gameplay factor, and we'll touch. We can touch on these later. But yeah, the, the picking things up. I found super slow to start with and it was almost frustrating, but I very quickly just completely forgot about it and was okay with it. Yeah. It made every game, other game feel like lightning by comparison yeah. for sure, but I uh, I sort of appreciated it. Um, so there's a lot of hunting in this as well, but mo- but more importantly, it's the it's not the... Let's talk about the actual... <laughs> the, how nice it is just having a living, breathing world before I talk about killing them all. <laughs> right, but uh, there's over uh, 200 species of animal um, for you to interact with, hunter or even fish. Um, the animals interact with each other too, and you know, like even if you do go hunting, their carcasses will you know decay uh, over the game, over in-game weeks until you can see a skeleton. Like if you kept revisiting, for example, mm. you'll just see it at the different stages of decomposition. Yeah, it just stays there. And this is uh, it, all these animals 
you, again, even talking about Horizon because I played it recently, you see animals and foxes run around at any time of day about 30 metres apart. And I'm like, that's not living and breathing to me. Living and breathing is like in Red Dead where the animals will be out at the time of day they're meant to be. They'll be few and far between uh, and you have to actually go looking for them. Or like, you know, vultures will be there when a, when there's a dead body mm. there or then they're circling. Uh, it's just yeah. uh, one of the best, one of the, just, uh, it probably adds to what you were talking about riding around and hearing those musical cues. Yeah. Just seeing an animal go around, just running around or running away from you is just really satisfying. Yeah, and they're everywhere, right? And there's um, like a flock of birds circling around something is probably, if you go underneath it, there's probably something on the ground there be it another animal or it could be something that's deliberately there for you to mm. go and look at. Um, yeah, the, even even the different the, the different amount of species of, of like trees and, and berries and stuff that you can just go and pick up, um, mm. they're everywhere and you can use them to, for cooking or crafting stuff and you take them back to the camp and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. And fish in the rivers and stuff as well. There's heaps of fish, and you go fishing and yeah. Um, using the bow and arrow is pretty tough. Yeah, it's cool though. Yeah, you got to be a bit of a dead eye to mm. get it to work. But <laughs> yeah, it is it is cool. But I think even with the uh, speaking of um, all of the animal, like all the crafting, like if you're going fishing or whatever you're doing, if you're foraging for berries or mm. and you want to take them back to camp to get something made. Like I was pretty even after like well over a hundred hours of playing the campaign or just the, the story mode, I still hadn't even scratched the surface of like all the unlockable fabrics or no neither decorations because yeah. I I said you know you can choose your outfits and things like that and you have to choose them to suit the conditions because that you know this this has weather and weather systems and everything yeah which is another amazing part of this world it makes it feel so alive and I think uh, once I got my sort of you know three or four outfits for any weather conditions i was just happy to leave it leave it at that yeah so but, but i never felt frustrated i never dove into that part because but because I, I know that some people would just really love it mm. but i didn't miss out on anything by not doing it yeah 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 but you could spend another 50 hours getting hunting the materials and stuff for, for your camp to be all kitted out with mm. crazy rugs and different meals and everything like that yeah so but it's just would take a long time yeah mm. The uh, another thing that makes the world so exciting is the recurrence of the uh, the strangers. You know, the the these are the scripted or sort of set piece little missions you can do by run, coming across someone in between the main missions. Yeah, the strangers. <laughs> yeah, Will's just had flashbacks to that horror movie again. Uh, I've got to start doing this deliberately because it does uh, gets him every time. Uh, and these are these are one of the probably the. From playing Red Dead Redemption One, these were one of the best. That was the best part of Red Dead Redemption One that brought the world to life. These random people and just the stories that they hadn't told—they were all interesting. Yeah. And Red Dead Redemption Two uh, adds to them without going over the top. It probably proportionately, in the same way that the the map size increased, they increased the stranger occurrence proportionately. Rockstar have a habit of not t- doing too much of a good thing, mm. except for like GTA Online. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's basically because that just that will never die. But I think that's their purpose. That's the point of it. But I, um, yeah. Did you? I don't know. Did you have any like 
Stranger missions that stood out. I can because I played the first one so many times. Yeah. I can really only remember the specific ones from the first game. But but yeah, did you? How, how do you find the strangers generally? Like, um, um, what I don't, I don't remember game? any actual of the missions. I did maybe six or seven of them. Um, but I the stranger encounters, I suppose that that don't lead to a mission, and more like the ambushes and things like that, mm. where you just be cruising along, and then all of a sudden. You'll see someone walk out and for a split second, it seems like they're going to ask for help or something. But then on the mini map, you catch in the corner of your eye that the dot's gone red. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh no, yeah. it's not good. And then there's like 40 of them. <laughs> so that's where we beat the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And they sort of spring out from behind a carriage and you yeah. say, like, whoa. Yeah, and gonna... yeah. The horse freaks out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and... So I remember that more than I remember the, the like actual specific um, missions that come through, just those random encounters. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and they and again they just make you keep your eyes and like eyes in the back of your head as much as you can in a game in a game sense. Yeah, yeah. The because yeah, and there's so many points of interest in random events, um, but like I said, it's not bloated at all. Um, it's just also considered. So a couple of highlights for me. Um, before I forget one because I hadn't noted this down, but I just recalled. There's one in the in the heartlands, which is like in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the map, and you. Uh, go up to this house and I think it's like a I don't know if it's a woman or a man but they invite you in for dinner oh, and yeah. it ends up and you maybe you haven't experienced it but there's this it's basically like this um, couple and they they basically feed bring people in for dinner feed you and they drug you and you wake up in the basement or something because they want to eat you or there's these inset these inbred cannibal twins. Uh, are you hanging upside down I think so yeah and it's like in like a like a trapdoor basement sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah and it's a spooky and weird as yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, and this is a total random thing that you can just chance upon. Yeah. Uh, you know, another time um, before I was, I think when we were just starting the game, we're in this Valentine place, which is uh, Valentine Camp, which is to the south, mm. probably directly south of the map. Uh, I roamed probably farther east than I was meant to, and I set up. Uh, I just set up camp because you can just pull up and just put up your little campfire to save the game or rest up, which is really good yeah. for your um, stats and everything. And uh, literally as I did the same, ana- I was in a forest uh, and it, as I was setting up camp and the, the same animation that I'd done many times before as Arthur put the fire up, uh, put, you know, set the fire up and he just sat there after this, um, you know, the screen had cut to black, a gun comes out like <laughs> in the same, he said in the same spot as normal, a gun comes out of the screen yeah, up right. against his head and he's like, don't move, mister. And you're just like, what? And it's this whole thing without the camera shifting of this uh, gang called the Murphy Brood oh, coming out yeah. and threatening you that if you ever come back there, they'll kill you. Yeah, right. And that and, come from just instigating the camp. Yeah, just from doing the camp. Yeah, okay. Well. And and the, you end up going up to this um, place later in the yeah, game. Yeah, down the track. So, yeah, so yeah. you can set up camp in other places and you'll be fine. But yeah. this is the game saying, like, you're not meant to be here. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... Because the Murphy Brood are like inbred hills people. It's sort of like West Virginians, basically. <laughs> West Virginia is known for this, don't worry. In the Appalachians or whatever they're called. Yeah. It was this sort of gang, like moonshiners and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, I was actually like a bit scared. Yeah, it's because it, they're a little intimidating, huh? They really got me. And it was just like this threat. I was like, yeah. I won't come back here anytime soon. I'm not ready for this. Yeah, I need the rest of the gang before we come back. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. And you eventually you do set up camp in that spot uh, around there. So yeah, um, as part of the story. Or this other time when we went, uh, you might recall this happening to you. We went go back to Tall Trees, which is the Alpine area from the first game. 
Mm. Um, so directly south of this big valley uh, alpine area I was talking about before. Uh, it's in West Elizabeth and I, uh, you know, you, you find a, a wreck of a horse-drawn carriage uh, with scalped victims. Yeah. And then you get uh, set upon by, ambushed by the Skinner Brothers gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's always really brutal. Like there's people strung up sometimes. Yeah, yeah, hanging off um, trees and stuff, yeah. There's just always like these bloody scenes if you go through there. Yeah. Um, and that's really intense. Uh, and you can even uncover like, you know, random shopkeeps, uh, dodgy side hustles, which comes up as a hint on your screen. Like, hmm, some shopkeeps have side hustles. You should investigate them. Mm. And you're like, what? And then you're like, you know, like there's someone screaming at you from in, under the basement to try to get him out. Yeah. And you've got to like threaten the shopkeep by gunpoint. And, you know, there's a prompt to convince him to take you down to the basement. Yeah, yeah. All this sort of stuff, or like you know, running illegal bookies in the back behind still doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you knock the on them, they're like, "Go away!" and all this yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, these random things you can't. Yeah, you kind of got to like follow your nose to. Yeah. To even like, otherwise you'd never know it's you'd, even there. You'd never know, yeah. yeah. Um, and just finally, like I was, I saw in this clip the other day, like there's this these random conversations you can get involved in. Like there was a one armed veteran named uh, Mickey. Um, he just held up in I think Valentine again. And uh, if you stand there long enough, he'll just keep chatting to you and your character will talk back to him. Yeah, right. Um, and there's a finer detail in that conversation that I'll touch on uh, later on because, uh, you know, based on you know how the story goes and what choices you make, those conversations are like almost recorded twice um, for a, you know, a certain reason it will make sense later. But mm. uh, did you have any other particular, you know, occurrences like that that just sort of really... I don't know, just sort of whether it rattled you or just like. No, I don't remember any of those other missions, but I, the when you said about the one where you end up in the basement, <laughs> yeah. I do remember that because it goes, it just, you, it goes black when he, when the Arthur gets knocked out and then it, as the light comes on, it's like kind of lit room mm. and you're just hanging upside down. You're like, what's going on? I think it doesn't um, Sadie come and get you? I think someone, so. someone comes and saves you. Yeah, and I don't know how it gets to that point, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I don't have any specific examples, but um, it's probably just talks to how much just roaming around can change how you're playing, mm. uh, or make it more interesting because because all this random thing could just happen out of nowhere, mm. um, and there's you know there's you'll see like a someone that's just on the side of the road, like dead. Mm. And then someone will come up and be like, hey, this person did that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you follow the trail and it ends up into like some crazy side mission you never would have otherwise found. And mm. all you did was like look at something that you passed by. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's even all these like, I know there's references a few times and it took me ages to figure out where they were. There'll be like maps of like homesteads you can rob. Yeah. And I just had no idea where to find him. And someone was finding him like, well, I found this thing. Yeah. Or should I rob it now? And it, like, it's like right up in the bush somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. can stealth your way through things. Or Yeah, and, and then I did, I've done a few of those and then there ends up being like 15 people in there that you've yeah. kind of got to fight off. Hmm. Um, but you normally get pretty, there's normally like a, like a chest in the one of the bedrooms that's got watches and yeah. money and all that sort of stuff. So um, Gold. Yeah, worth your while. And I think it's a... Uh, yeah, and, and the way that the world, the way that they set these random events up as well, is that you could be in the most, you know, nice looking, just a just a sweet, casual spot, like you, mm. you know, just cruising around nature, just enjoying yourself, just stress, de-stressing, whatever. It's kind yeah. of total unwind escapism, and uh, but th- these events happen enough that there'll be even good people that pop up, 
like you know there'll be moonshiners being like hey can you test this for us and yeah. you're like oh geez i can't trust them and you get guns yeah. out i pulled guns i've pulled guns on so many people thinking they're bad turns out they were good yeah and then they get rattled and then the cops get involved or yeah yeah and yeah. you gotta like deal with a witness yeah and you're just like it makes you as paranoid as the cowboys would have been yeah as yeah. these outlaws would have been yeah and the and the coppers start searching for you pretty quick Oh, yeah. Like you accidentally run someone over on the horse because yeah. you've lost control of the horse. Hey, I saw it's that. Like, yeah. Like, oh, no. And then it goes ding and the big red thing comes oh. up on the side of the screen. <laughs> yeah, it just goes. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, and it's just kind of, yeah, the big, yeah, the big wanted thing. you got to get yeah. out of their search zone before it fills back up again. Yeah, and the search zone's like the whole state. Oh. It's like a 300-kilometer ride out of there. <laughs> and when you can't get your horse to ride properly like me. Yeah, yeah. It is hard to outrun anyone. Yeah. Uh, but just, uh, and some of this... So we mentioned the Skinner twins, uh, Skinner brothers and uh, the Murphy brood, but there's also like um, other gangs out there. And just to just to um, touch on them, there's the O'Driscoll boys who are actually like the main rivals of the, the Vandalin gang. Mm. Uh, so they come into the story a bit. There's the Lemoyne Raid, Raiders and they're like old Civil War veterans living out in the, the Bayou area who are just paranoid and just just old, old rednecks basically yeah. who are still in their Civil War outfits and just... You know, still on guard. Yep. Even though it ended twenty years before or yeah. whatever it was. Uh, there's the Laramie gang, the Del Lobo gang, and they're down towards the um, in the area from the first game, New Austin, which is close to yep. Mexico. Um, the Night Folk, which I don't recall, which might be a spooky uh, foreshadowing for my next venture into the game. Yeah. We'll uh, I don't want to go out at night time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Foreman brothers, Anderson boys. Remember Anders Anderson? Yep. They come into the story a bit. It's a classic name, that. So yeah, then there's Anders Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. There might be an Anders <laughs> Anders Andersonson. I don't know how it works out there. And then there's also the Watson boys. And that's uh, yeah, all the gangs, and they just keep the place alive and uh, give you some bounties to hunt. Yeah. And a few of them are heavily intertwined with the story, right? They are, yeah. Mm. They just pop up and... They're just the the old redneck, the dumbass rednecks. You got to just get by to yeah, know, just dealing with them on bigger. a day to day basis. Yeah, yeah. That is there. That is there, and I love that about these this old world. Like every, all these gangs know each other. They sort of respect each other because mm. they've been around like you know uh, with their own bits of territory. But they're all under threat, so they're all like erratic as hell. Yeah. Uh, but they're always like, oh yeah, that's classic Anders Anderson, that old cutthroat who's killed everyone he's met. We're just gonna go meet him and. Try to broker a deal, sort of thing. Yeah, they've all yeah. got like a legend behind them. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's really cool. Um, old rumors too, because there was it wasn't quite the they didn't have the old the old telephones they had these days. Yeah, just word of mouth only. Word of mouth, which is how legends grew, mm. and that's how the legend of Arthur Morgan grew. <laughs> our protagonist. What are your thoughts on Arthur, the great man? Uh, he's got a nice hat. He's a nice hat. He ends up with a fabulous beard. <laughs> if you choose to go that down if that you, path. If you don't shave it off. Um, he's... Cha- I reckon he changes a lot from the, the beginning to the end for uh, you know, obvious reasons as you spoke about before. But um, he's, at the start, he's all in with, the, with Dutch's grand plans. Um, it's almost like out of out of not blind loyalty, but he just knows mm. for the sake of the, the gang's culture, he has to at least yeah. front up to it or, you know, just show the support. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, like an AFL but, club throwing their support behind a coach. And yeah, then he's three the, weeks later, Arthur's the captain. Story. Dutch is the coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, one of the board members must have said something positive to the coach in in the public, and then three weeks later. Arthur's not on the same page anymore. <laughs> He's having extreme doubts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So much so that he gets rid of him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's a legend, right? Mm. What do you think him. makes him such a good protagonist, though? Because he's he, he he just commands your respect, I think. Mm. He's um, seems nice. He's friendly and, and respectful to the right people, but pushes back against people who he should be pushing back to. Um, and... Honourable, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know, he doesn't seem as... Uh, you know, Dutch is kind of like too far gone down the rabbit hole of the echo chamber in his own head. It's, mm. it's not, he hasn't gone that far yet. It's uh, there's, there's some actual reasoning that can happen before he's like, we're going to go shoot this down. <laughs> yeah. He's almost like the, the, the new age man before the new age was around. Yeah, the original new age man. He was self-aware. Yeah. He could uh, see. Maybe yeah. that's why you can take him to the barber. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, without, without the homophobic <laughs> slurs. From he, he's, he's, proud, he's proudly a man of fashion, yeah. <laughs> which back then would have been almost impossible to get yeah, away with. You can get like a, a real bright... Fluffy blue suede jacket, can't you? From, yeah. 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 He's and looks stunning. Yeah. <laughs> you should see you should see my Arthur in my game. He's wearing like a full on tuxedo. <laughs> I think he'd be a skeleton by now, wouldn't he? No, he, he looks good. He went to Saint Denis and he got all fitted out. I got him a haircut, I got him a beard trim, all this stuff. It was good. I loved that. Bit of pomade through the hair? A pomade or pomade? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I can't remember, but it, but I bought a I bought like a soup thing for him that was really expensive. I spent like tons of my money mm. on this outfit that meant nothing. <laughs> it meant everything to him, Will. It did. Mm. It meant everything to me as well. Yeah. Hey, um. So yeah, he's a great man, I think, and he's he's more learned. Um, he's a more learned man than than John. Um, just comparing for the sake of the two protagonists of the series so far. Yeah. Of course, John is in this in this game, but. And it probably gives a better side-by-side comparison because even though John is obviously, what, 10 years older by the time the second game, uh, the first game comes around, uh, you can just sort of see where he was sort of learnt these, the positive attributes that he had. Like they didn't seem natural to him, but you could tell now that Arthur's influence, you know, over John moving forward yeah. was uh, was so crucial. Uh, he's still a cutthroat criminal, but yeah, like you said, he, he just... Uh, He's just more inclined inclined to lead or look after other folks than just be driven by his own uh, well-being. Yeah, and maybe um, I wonder how much of that would come from Hosea, who gets in his ear a lot mm. on the side when Dutch is going a little crazy. Uh, it's almost like an apprentice system, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's like a voice of reason outside of just Dutch mm. and maybe that trickles down a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, the and I think he can uh, yeah he can be a gentleman or a scallywag based on the situation, <laughs> really. But as we can all be, mm. we can be scallywags on a Friday night sometimes, can't we? Can't we? Will Will nods. I he nods well, again. You offered no comment to the criminal question. I will offer no comment now. <laughs> <laughs> he um, and I think this uh, 
Yeah, so again, he, always, he generally puts the, the good of the gang first um, ahead of his own needs. Mm. Again, well-being was a focus. Well-being and fashion. And they weren't in fashion back then. <laughs> it was ahead of his time. From Arthur Morgan. Uh, but he also has a morality meter um, that impacts it impacts the um, the end of the story ultimately, mm. um, and um, I think this this morality it did the same for me in the first game. It was honor and fame system. Yeah. It's like your how well known you are, but also how good you are as a person. And I think uh, I think between John and Arthur across both games, they really. Again, in that sort of way, the, um, way I was saying that you know he's sort of a good person that he does bad things. They sort of make it really easy for you to believe that whatever your morality meter is as a player, you know, if you kill more people, you lose fame and fame and honor. You know, you you're more wanted. People as you walk down the street, people hate you more or more scared of you. Whereas if you do good things, they'll they revere you a lot more. Yeah. Um, in a good way. Do you think? Um, I mean, yeah. Do you think that 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 they're bet there's, I don't know. Do you think they're better suited to being good or bad, or do you think that just they've worked it out evenly, like I think, where if they are bad characters or people, as in evil people, um, that that also fits them well. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, maybe it's that the stereotype is that they're supposed to be bad, but when you walk around the town, they're just regular people. And if someone asks for help, you're probably going to help them. Mm. So, I don't know. Maybe it's my every both times I've played it, the the meter thing has sat basically right in the middle and would fluctuate from when I accidentally <laughs> shot someone in the main street. It's and an easy move. Make up for it later, and then you end up right smack bang in the middle. Yeah, and maybe that's where it's meant to be mm. because it's. During the day, they're friendly to the people in the town, but then when the sun goes down, they'll shoot everybody up yeah. like it's nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like an, it's it's like they're criminals out of necessity, not because they want to be evil. Yeah. So in that way, they, they would do things for people, but they also just go, oh, well, you know, it's like back then, and this is before the world the world wars as well, mm. uh, you know, people died very, as in obviously they die frequently now, mm. as in people, because it's just part of life, but... People would die from illness very easily. Mm. They'd die from being shot in America because, you know, everyone has guns. It would just be a complete, uh, you know, you'd be so lucky to, as a you know, as a male, for example, to make it to 40. Yeah. Um, because either you've worked too hard or you, yeah, you catch an illness, you get shot Yeah. In that, in that sort of setting especially. Any of the above reasons wouldn't be like out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's um, – so when, when it, the world's like that, yeah, you, know, you can see why people wouldn't wouldn't exactly. Their, their focus is wasn't on preservation of life because it's just like, yeah, everyone dies all the time. It's just another person gone. Yeah, like if you think of even sheriffs, if people brought in dead bounties, they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, sick. He's dead. Here's, here's a couple of dollars for your your hard effort. Whereas now, of course, you'd be like, okay, I'm gonna put you in prison for shooting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, the natural course of justice, but yeah, that's just the the different um, the the context of the times. Yeah. Um, sort of makes these characters that go between good and evil not quite as simple as it would be today. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like folklore now, right? Mm. Ned Kelly gang, for example. Yeah. but w- um, Were they good stealing from the – did they steal from the rich and give to the poor or did they just like shooting people up and all that? Yeah, I don't know. 
I wonder what the, the, the locals thought when they strolled through the middle of Glen Rowan or wherever it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was Glen <laughs> If they Rowan. were freaked out or if they were just like, oh, hey, Ned. <laughs> yeah, oh, 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 hey, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Billy. Um, so, yeah, so we think we can agree that, again, Arthur's got a nice southern drawl. Yeah. Uh, he's a very, his voice is quite cliche, but he's, he's very yeah. endearing for, for the most part. You sort of assume his, his uh, character pretty quickly. Doesn't sound out of place or anything. No, mm. no. Uh, but he, but him being old and having lived this full life in the Wild West, you can see the the sort of yeah you know, the end days coming of the West. Um, that I think just makes playing as him as an older man uh, just enriches the whole experience. It makes it it makes it more likely for you to appreciate the finer things in life. Like he is, he has a sketchbook, I think. Yeah, and he captures like these random landmarks you see. Yeah, he draws them down. Yeah, and that sort of makes you again connect with his love of the land as much as anything. Uh, yeah, he's just a regular person experience. at the end of the day. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and of course he likes pomade in his hair. Yeah, and I did. I made sure he had pomade in his hair. Really? He had to be slick. He had to be slicked back and you know shiny and ready to ready to kill people any minute. Yeah. Okay. I never. Um, I opted for the beard trim, but never the haircut. Mm. That's fair enough. I had to, yeah, I had to keep the beard trim. Yeah, yeah. The, the beard gets a bit unruly, <laughs> but um, no. Arthur had very long hair by the time I finished playing. Mm. You just let it go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so onto onto Dutch. So he's sort of he's not really an antagonist, mm. but he sort of is. He um, so to me he was sort of this loving leader. He was actually really he was actually a really nice bloke to start with. Uh, and mm. again, as we mentioned in that in the story time. He's uh he sort of loses his way quite a bit. It's not really from any uh ill I don't know what's it, ill will on anyone. Uh you've got a very ill will sitting next to you right now. Uh but <laughs> he's uh but he's he's going okay. Uh but yeah, but Dutch, he's just delusional, uh misguided, paranoid, and it's it's really it's like seeing your own dad lose your lose his own way. And our dad's our dad's a Oh, they're unhinged. Mm. They lose their. They lost their way years ago. But yeah, this is a, this is a more dra- uh, you know more dire circumstance where it's life or death. More immediate turn. Yeah. Into insanity. Yeah. Mm. And it's uh that was that's my thought of Dutch anyway because he just seems like for at the start of the game, given that he is the the antagonist of the first game, coming in seems so so lively and just charismatic. Um, you, he sells the story to you straight away, and you're like, ah, oh, it's so nice to see him so well. And but then you know that where he's going to head mm. in this d- disillusioned sense, it, it's quite, um, it's quite gripping because you can have casual conversations with him out, out of missions and hear about hear him talk to his uh, partner Molly or whatever. Yeah. It's just um, yeah, Molly. He's a very, uh, he's a very uh, interesting character, I think. Yeah, there is a few. Um... Well, at the very start, he seems like he's like the nicest guy in the history of the world. Mm. But there's a few... Um, like how could this guy be a gang leader? <laughs> yeah, like this guy should be in like a mansion because mm. he's such a good dude doing the right thing. The mayor thing. of something. Yeah. Um, and there's a few sections with Hosea who at the, really early on that he like questions what Dutch thinks is the way to go or, or there's some comments to Arthur and the rest of them on the side. And it, I couldn't help but think that there's some sort of used car salesman vibe about him. <laughs> oh, he's full of shit. Yeah. 
and that it becomes incredibly evident Mm. very soon thereafter but even from the very get-go it sort of seemed like all a bit of a facade yeah and and that's where you see that with leaders right in real life Mm. you get the people the good people people who can keep everyone happy healthy moving forward um and just focus on them and let them use their own talents to further the business right Mm. or you get the people who are actually just intelligent know the business inside out but don't know how to work with people yeah i think dutch is one of those people majors where after a while when if the business the core business starts to get a bit rattled trying to get it back on track is pretty hard yeah it really stuffs everything up yeah so personality can only get you so far yeah Mm. in the in the in the in the dark times yeah back in the ye oldie days yeah uh but also, I think it's and you didn't play the first game. I know you're halfway through, and you're going to finish it. Yeah, you are going to finish it. Say it loud on air right now. I will finish it. Finish what? The game. Which game? Oh, uh, the first game. <laughs> Red Dead Revolver. Yes. Tom. Bingo. <coughs> I need you to. I need you to take yourself seriously <laughs> here. Uh, I need you to swear. Hand on that Bible. That's next to you. Uh, will. If you will. Say, I solemnly swear that I will. I solemnly swear that I will. uh, Complete Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Dead Redemption. uh, By the end of the week. That's where I'll leave it. (laughs) You heard it, Will? Yeah, I heard it. I need you to solemnly swear that you heard it. I'm not swearing nothing. Well, where I'm at just least over here playing Pokemon. Where are you up to? Thinking, geez, Luke's going on a while here. When is he going to wrap this up? <laughs> Been here for a minute. Where am I up to? I mean, Mount Moon. Mount Moon on the way on to... On my way to Cerulean, Cerulean City. Yeah. I'm going to try to get there by the time we wrap this up, but I'm fearing I may end up at the Pokemon League the way you're going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the protagonist of the of the first game, so he's back in here. In, in this in the second game, but as a bit of a side character, you have to save him at the very start, and it's really nice to uh, be re- reunited with him again. He's a bit younger than in the first game. He's just got a very very young family. He's uh, he's he's what you call uh, young, dumb, and full of silly ideas. Uh, and so it's nice to see him back. But um, yeah, Arthur's so hard on him. He's just like a really intense sort of cruel father, but you can sort of tell that he cares for him uh, from the get-go. And, he, and John, But John's starting to lose interest in the game because he actually left, I think, for a year and had, before the start Yeah, he ran game. away, didn't he? He ran away for mm. a year um, and then came back. Yeah. He ran away with Abigail and the kid already born, um, Jack already born. Yeah. So he went off by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Arthur really disrespects him for leaving his family like that yep. and just being an irres- irresponsible little cur. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, you know, with Abigail being around and Jack just being a kid, John is really struggling to get this this gang member fatherhood balance right. Uh, and prison changes him to at the end of the game, where we mentioned he got imprisoned because uh, he just loses faith in Dutch pretty much altogether. Yeah. Um, and that's where Arthur really starts to impart his knowledge and wisdom upon him. But uh, what did you think of John, generally? Um. Yeah, he seemed a little uh, like he'd either just do what he's told early on. This is um, because it's easier just to rather than question anything, 
or just seemingly not be all that interested uh, and just just follow the the pack. He's kind of like a sheep at the start. Mm. Kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, but as you say, it does that does shift a lot as as the game goes on. He um, seems very uninterested uh, with his family. Like he'd rather go and rob a bank than mm. yeah make dinner for his family. Anything but responsibility. Yeah, mm. yeah. So maybe not the best dude ever. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, because I'm interested. To, I'm generally interested in what people think of him when they haven't uh, played the first game because I sort mm. of was endeared to him and felt a bit more for him because I knew where he was going. Yeah. Uh, so did you just see him as sort of like a? Uh, he becomes more. He becomes more prominent as the story goes, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, he, but- and his tune changes. Lot. But do you find him as you know, outside of looking in almost because he hadn't played the first game? Mm. Did you find this as almost a uh I don't know, just just a random character that was just sort of there and you know Yeah, just kinda of like the next guy in line. Yeah. Waiting for Arthur to drop off, sort of thing. Yeah. Or waiting for any of them. Mm. Um But that's that's the sort of view from the first half, I suppose. Mm. Uh it does change a fair bit as as the game goes on. Yeah. That's called character development and growth for you. There you go. Uh, so just the rest of the gang, uh, not going through all of them because there's actually about 20 members uh, and you get to know, it's it's pretty amazing how the game uh, works out because you get to know pretty much all of them throughout the game and you form feelings and opinions about like every individual. It's pretty organic too, eh? It doesn't like ram down your throats what they're all about. It mm. just sort of happens through like interactions at the camps and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it gives you – they just have their own little roles and mm. so they'll come in for a mission at certain points based yeah. on what that strength is. So you get to know them that way. Yeah. So even by that time Sean Maguire dies, which is probably what halfway through the story, he's actually yeah. not even in the first uh, I don't know, first quarter or so because he was kidnapped when you did the initial heist. Yeah. So he eventually comes back. But you still get to know him and things are pain in the ass in such a short time. Like yeah, they, yeah. Just, they just do really well to make you <laughs> yeah. feel for him but also not make him prominent because there's 20 of them. Yeah. Uh, I think it gives you an understanding of what uh, people mean when they you know refer to gangs or clubs, um, you know even sports clubs for example as family, because mm. you're just like because they're just so codependent. Yeah, yeah. They're not even best friends. None of them are probably like some people probably some of them probably barely know each other. Yeah. But they just know they're part of the same crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all yeah. sort of in it together a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so just uh, jump in if you have any thoughts on any of these. Uh, characters, uh, but we got like you know Bill Williamson. Yeah, he's the sort of what cowardly, dumb gunslinger. Yeah, and a bit cliche. of a foghorn sort of guy. Yeah, he's the chef, right? No, that's um, that is. Oh, what's his name? Perkins. Perkins. That's yeah, Perkins. Bill's Bill's this one with the the old cowboy hat with yeah, the fold yeah, up yeah, at the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's the bloody chef's name? Perkins. What's his first name? He's also the first villain in the second game. Yeah, the first game. Damn. Yeah, mm. but um, uh, I don't know. I don't. He doesn't. He seems like a background mm. character for most of the story uh, until further down the line, um, where he pops up a bit more. Yeah, he's quite cliche. Mm. We have Javier Asquea, and he's also in the first game. Mm. Oh, but they're both pretty low key in this. Yeah. Uh, we have Hosea Matthews, who's sort of the Yoda of the group. As mentioned, he's the sort of, he's Arthur's shoulder angel. Yeah. 
almost and plays devil's that devil's that devil's advocate a lot to challenge him yeah. to get the right make the right decision yeah because he's sort of past his time uh we have Sadie Adler and uh we find her early her husband killed by the O'Driscolls um after being crippled uh, by and after being crippled by grief from that uh from her husband dying uh, she becomes one of the strongest characters in the game and uh seeing her is always fun to be honest um she's she's actually just a really nice break from the all the bullfeds he has to spend time with yeah she just sort of she's not like one of the you know like the other the other women in the gang are thieves or uh, i think i don't know if one's a prostitute or a couple are but they're, mm. they're all the, you know of the time like they're just there to yeah. raise the kids or do the this sort of home economics sort of thing of a game of a gang. So yeah. and Sadie's just like a real badass. Yeah, that's, she's um, real ass kicker kind of. Mm. Does not take their their crap. No, and she just she just takes her own lead. Mm. It's just uh, it, it is refreshing in this game, especially yeah. the era. Um, and she's a bit of a vigilante. We also have Lenny, Lenny, who we touched on. We actually lose him at one of the uh, the Saint Denis heists, and that's one of the tough moments because yeah. Arthur really liked Lenny. Yeah, they got along mm. very well. And we have Charles Smith, who's uh, half half African, half Native American. Yeah. So he's got a he's very uh, he, he's got a, an eye on fairness, but the others probably don't. Yeah. And uh, to be and he's also distrusts a lot, which is fair mm. for the time. Yeah. But he's uh, but he he's a real good because um, he's like the tracker of the group as well. So Arthur really appreciates him and sort of getting away from this whole. Um, gunslinging side of things it sort of reconnects with nature a fair bit yeah because at the very start you do the mission to hunt the deer with him don't you mm. and he shows you how to do it all yeah mm. he's just very empathetic I think yeah um, and just quickly the last couple there's Dr. Leopold Strauss who sends you to collect debts he's uh, he's sort of a bit of a sort of like a, the cold German character of the gang yeah doesn't give you much but he just wants the debts yeah he's all about the dough yeah, mm. he he, gives, he creeps me out. He's got those round glasses. Yeah, yeah, he looks like an evil scientist. He does. Yeah, yeah. Think of like the the bad dude from Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Oh, at the end. Anyway, the guy gets dissolved. Every most people know <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's quite creepy. Well, that was a weird sentence to hear, not knowing the context. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy who gets dissolved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's um, um, Josiah Trelawney, and he's this shifty, aristocratic-looking gossip queen of the gang. He just yeah. pop, he just blocks in and out as he wants. Kind of annoying. He is annoying. Mm. He's just a real showman. Yeah. But he just runs away when you need him. Yeah, yeah. But really. he knows stuff. Yeah. Seems to know a lot. Yeah. He's always got the intel. Mm. And of course, there's the we can't forget Uncle, who's the the drunk from the first game, who looked after John's ranch while you were out doing the game. Uh, and he's surprisingly just as old as he was in the first game. So. And just as drunk. He's Fifteen years younger. Yeah. Yeah, but you get to learn more about his, you know, him being mistreated a lot. And you actually start feeling a bit sorry for him because mm. John hates him in the first game for some reason. Well, Arthur doesn't seem to get along with him very well either. Yeah, they just think he's useless. Yeah. And he is. Wow. Let's face it. Yeah. But there's rumors that he's actually the protagonist from the very first game, Red Dead Revolver. Interesting. And that's why he doesn't have a name. Okay. That's why he's a bit of a drunk. Um, so just a couple of points before we get to the ending. We've got the gameplay. And just to, because the gameplay is not, uh, it sort of helps, obviously it's how you interact with the world, but it's not, you know, I think the world is the key feature here. But, you know, like the gunplay is refreshingly basic, uh, you know, based on the era. I think it looks, mm. fe- looks, feels, and, you know, sounds incredible. 
those uh, you know reloading revolvers by clicking the trigger again yeah all that sort of stuff yeah yeah did you find the gunplay super satisfying or is oh, it just yeah. me no I, I like it uh i know some people don't like the, how the lock-on thing works um well it's a bit it's a bit overbearing yeah it makes it a bit easy sometimes yeah it's it's a very it makes it super repetitive because you just lock on and then slightly tap up yeah <laughs> and mm. it's a perfect headshot every single time yeah um yeah it might yeah it might as well just lock you onto the head yeah like mm. it's just stupid you just have to you just do the stick up a little bit every time it's pointless yeah yeah uh but i do like all the all the different um guns and stuff and when you go to the store to buy a new one or whatever you can look at them all or, or change the parts and you got to um, um keep up uh, clean yeah, you get it, to get clean it yeah yeah mm. so i like it that's cool uh, and again, it makes it feel like you it's a real thing. Mm. Um, but the if, if you've got to do like a fist fight, it's a bit, I find it a bit awkward. Um, and even like shooting off when you're riding the horse, if you lock on, so many times you'd lock on and then after you've shot, you're, you're, you're not zoomed in anymore and you look back and the horse is now like, Riding directly off the side of a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I know because there's some most settings that you can rely on, like a carriage. I think where if you if you're aiming at the time, the horses will naturally follow the path because yeah. they know what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah, even when I was playing last night, it was yeah. the same thing. It was like, wait, you're meant to be keeping to the path, yeah, mate. Yeah. If you, you get doing? off track, it it can go wrong real quick. Yeah, and you can actually shoot your own horse in the head too if you if you get locked onto something and it zooms past Goes you, down. like you're riding over yeah, someone. Yeah. So I've done that a couple of times. Yeah. So it's always interesting. <laughs> but no, I think the gunplay is really, really solid. It's huge. Yeah, I do like it. Game. Yeah. Mm. Just feels so manual. Yep. You're right. Like, yep. again, so if you're using a repeater, which is like that, what, those under, under grip crank sort of. Yeah, it's like a bolt action rifle. Yeah. Sort of thing. Sort of wrapped around your hand. Yeah. When you, you have to like, Max, yeah, you have to hit the trigger again to crank that. Yep. It doesn't do it automatically. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't just hold the thing down and it'll just constantly fire. Mm. Um, so no, I, I do like it, even though I do think it can get a little repetitive with the, how the lock-on works. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure you can turn it off. You can. So There's about four, three different difficulty settings. Yeah. And so I used to do that for the first game. That. You can do it so that if you... If you pressed aim while you're aiming pretty closely to where it is, yeah. it'll lock on. Right. But if you're like, you can't just look wherever, press left trigger and it'll snap to it. Yeah. Okay. It makes it more, um, you have to be a bit better. Yeah, you got to be looking somewhat in the right direction to begin yeah. with. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so we've touched on it before, but the horse riding is, is as relaxing as ever. That's yeah. just one of the best parts of the game. People call this GTA with horses, and it is, but actually GTA is Red Dead with cars. <laughs> uh, let's face it uh, I, I feel like GTA deserves the disrespect if there was a game to deserve it out of the two of them yeah I personally wholeheartedly agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah the random errands again in, in this sort of gameplay that, that's sort of fun that just breaks up the, the story if you wanted to break and there's always something different going on the additional hunting yeah, you know, that we mentioned earlier, and you can hunt for legendary animals as well. Yeah, that includes the full tracking down of them, and yeah. um, and again, that the actual hunting part, you can see tracks. You meant to see tracks and say upwind from, um, oh downwind from them. Sorry, downwind. Yeah, downwind. downwind so that your yeah. scent doesn't blow towards them, yeah. and uh, you got to stay quiet. It's really they just make everything simply realistic without being so hard that you can't do it. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, just, just, but at the same time, you need to know 
or rem- remember that you can actually look out for these things. Mm. It's easy to forget 37 hours after the tutorial for that. Yeah. That it's even there. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's this, uh, like, I was trying to break in a horse last night and I forgot how to do it. Oh, yeah. It was like, you got to lean. You got to go against where they're turning. Yeah. So I was trying to go lean. In. I thought he meant physically, like, you meant to physically lean um, Arthur, like, you know, into the... With the horse. With the horse. But I meant to go... I meant to, it's meant to turn the head circles. against where it's yeah. turning. And I was just like, oh, once I click that, I understood. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, even that, you have to approach the horse. Yeah. You have to calm it slowly. You can't just charge at it to mount it. Yeah. All these things. Again, patience is the key theme of this game. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't feel... I don't get impatient being patient yeah. in this game. I, um, I, when I reinstalled it the other night, I... Um, <laughs> I was riding, you know that teeny tiny little horse you get at the start? The scrawny nag. Yeah. Um, and I wanted a different one, but I was nowhere near a town and I jumped across. There was just a random person. So I decided to take their horse, jumped across, booted them off. And then the sun went down. And about a minute after I did that, a bobcat jumped out of the oh. out of the forest, scared the shit out of the horse, kicked me off and ran away. <laughs> so I was left nowhere near my horse. <laughs> and I was like half dead. I was like, oh, no. Well, i got to say the scrawny nags, the default for the online, they are good for nothing but mincemeat. Yeah. I think that might be where mincemeat came from. <laughs> um, so, it's a glorified donkey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, the clothing, again, you can dress to suit the conditions. Uh, you know, you get long coats, you can get gloves, yep. all this sort of stuff because in the middle of the night, even you go to the desert, singing hot during the day, yeah. but freezing, freezing cold, cold during cold the night, night. Yeah. All, your, all your health stats are affected. Yep. It's harder to keep health on or keep your core stats up. Yep. Um, and just those little dynamics are really, yeah. really and fun. And then when you go to the, the humid tropical areas, um, if you're still wearing your big thick coat, you overheat immediately. Oh, yeah. You've got to take it off. And there's no option, option for shorts back then. No. No, that would... It would have got you hung for sure. Oh yeah, mm. um, and yeah. So like I said, and it, and it even affects your body weight and health. Yeah, um, which is just how how well you can retain your um your stats basically. So yeah. it's not crucial, but it's just this micromanagement. You just keep thinking about it. Keeps you thinking without making you base everything around all these hundreds of hundreds of elements. Yeah, yeah. But it could be the difference between if you have to run away from a situation, you, you've got no stamina because you've just used it all up lugging around your giant coat in a sweaty area mm. and then you can't run away because you're you're immediately gassed yeah so yeah so and then we've got uh and then just on the soundtrack the the key point i think you summed up was uh uh will's trying to get me to hurry up here and he's not even involved in this i don't, I reckon he just he just uh minds his own damn business you got somewhere to be mate yeah. <laughs> we're in your house how could you <laughs> we're in your house um in the studio uh, at the factory, so we um these the soundtrack again. It's exceptional. Has all these really uh, unique story beats that really help you, you know, hit these key points of the story mm. that that are unique to most other games. Like this game, really makes you feel things when you don't realize you're going to feel them purely based on the music. Yeah, uh, like that's quite incredible. Uh, and we touched on that before. Um, again, it's just these little little subtle moments. There's nothing overbearing. Um, the online part again, that's its own story, uh, so I won't go into that. But it's uh, you know it's all about joining up with your posse, and you know that's what we're getting back into now. We're reigniting our our Ned Kelly gang, running amok. Yeah, running amok. It's gonna it's uh, everlasting, and we're gonna have four members. Yeah, absolutely 
messing shit up. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen. It's uh, it's good fun. Taking over other other posses, oh, it's horse and carriages. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, based on my reputation in Sea of Thieves, I'm made for just ruining other people's games. <laughs> um, so just getting onto the ending of this story, because now that we know what the game's about, we have our we have our loyalty. We love Arthur. We love John, and we hate Dutch, don't we? That's a good summary. Yeah. So. In what is an emotional reflection upon your every action leading up to this point in the game, um, Arthur actually returns to camp after hearing that he's the rat um, to accuse him. But uh, but Dutch Bill and Harvey, Dutch Bill, Harvey, and Mika turn on Arthur and uh, the newly returned John. Um, but the Pinkies are back once more to save us from infighting again. I mean, we really need to get this punch on out of the way with each other. It's been a long time coming. Pinkertons mm. sorting it out. Um, and this is where all your choices come into play in what is a really emotional climax to the story. Um, the player can... Are you paying attention, Will? Yeah. Do I, wait. Do you want me to not? Well, it's up to you. Well, then just leave me be and just I'll decide. It's probably better you do watch it actually on YouTube, get the full experience. So the player can choose to have Arthur and Arthur aid John's escape... Um, you know, to get be with with Abigail and uh, Jack uh, by delaying the Pinkertons, or he can return to the camp to recover the gang's money. So it's you know looking after someone else or yourself. Um, either way, you lose your horse in one final ride together. Get shot. And it's quite sad. It's all scripted, but I, I your, your horse. They deliberately let your horse survive up to this point. It's a very dramatic um, scene when the the horse. It's tumbles it, down. It's so sad. Mm. Uh, so Popeye, I salute you. <laughs> I'm actually up to Popeye four now. <laughs> By four. Yeah. <laughs> I started colliding to trees so quickly yeah. after that, and they yeah, just the dropped like flies. Really takes horses out. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> um, so Micah ambushes Arthur, and Dutch intervenes in their fight. Um, but Arthur convinces convinces Dutch to abandon Micah and leave. Uh, but in one of the more moving and sliding doors moments in history, if the player has high honour, uh, in gaming history, of course, whoops, uh, <laughs> it's not real kids. Um, if the player has high honour, Arthur succumbs to his injuries and disease and uh, dies while watching the sunrise. I mean, that's what I got. Mm. Uh, if the player has low honour, Micah kills him. Um, a deserving end for a murderous thug, perhaps. Because Arthur wasn't a good good man if you chose that path. So, uh, but so, but that brings an end to the tale of Arthur Morgan. In his last effort, he saved the life of a young family, lives of a young family. And uh, but we don't actually stop there. Oh boy, it's just getting going. It's just getting going. Because eight years later, in 1907, John and his family are trying to lead honest lives. Um. And we're taking over the position of John, just riding his old billy cart around getting milk and things. Yeah, running errands. Yeah. Uh, they find work at a ranch in the Yellowstone-esque uh, Big Valley, which I referred to earlier as my favourite area, uh, where John fights back against outlaws threatening his, threatening his employer. Uh, uh, believing John is living unwilling to give up his old ways, Abigail leaves with Jack. Um, John takes a loan from the bank to purchase a ranch, um, which is the ranch we actually ended up in, he has in the first game. Uh, so he works with Uncle Sadie and Charles to build a new home, uh, triggering one of the most surprisingly fun montages where you literally build the house. 
and it goes for about yeah. what feels like an hour. Yeah, yeah, it takes um, so long. <laughs> but it's actually there's a but full song. But it's like song really to, jolly. Yeah. There's a full song to <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, it's so good. And you got to like, um, it's like a big quick time event where you got to hammer in the, yeah, the yeah, nails yeah. and everything. <laughs> um, and it's uh, and but then uh, Abigail eventually returns and he proposes to her. Uh, so afterwards, learning that Mike is still alive um, and formed his own gang, John, Sadie and Charles assault uh, Mike's camp and find a recently arrived Dutch who um, who actually shoots Mike after a tense standoff and leaves in silence, um, allowing John to kill Mike and claim the gang's uh, Blackwater stash to pay his debt. Uh, so John then marries Abigail and they start a new life on their ranch to, alongside Jack and Uncle as uh, Sadie and Charles leave for other pursuits. So it's at the end of an era, true end of an era, mm. and um, and then a mid credit scene, scene, mid mid credits scene uh, shows Edgar Ross tracking down Micah's killer, finding John's ranch, because John our boy, Ooh. and that f- that foreshadowing um, is uh, that for- foreshadows the events of Red Dead Redemption, twenty ten, mm. which, reckon, is, which uh, occurs four years later. Do we reckon? Dutch kills Micah and walks, leaves John alive because he finally realises that John and Arthur were right all along. Yeah. He's definitely just just sick of it. Mm. He knew that were right. He knew that Micah... But at the same time, he's been living in the, in the hills with the rat for, for months on end. Well, he knows that, he knows that Micah is like... Um, probably just does, you know... He was filth, mm. and that John and stuff will probably just try to get after him all the time. Yeah, he thinks just get rid of Micah. That solves everyone's problems. Let's move on from that time of our lives. Everyone's sad because of it, and Dutch certainly is mad as heck. Yeah, in a sad way this time. Yeah, and he walks away. Yeah, all the treasure. Yeah. So the most impressive thing, the most impressive thing about this script. Um, is that once you take over as John, uh, not only is there about a five to ten hour epilogue, so this whole story part is long as hell, mm. uh, but every character you interact with acknowledges him as someone other than Arthur. So, so some, uh, you know, some characters even remember Arthur, such as that one-armed veteran I mentioned earlier, who uh, tells John, if you play him as John, that he reminds him of a, a kind but uh, angry man named Helen, and uh, which he may actually means Arthur. Um. So I'm sure that there was, you know, some lines shared between John and Arthur's scripts, but you know, even then, they had to record them both for both voice actors, depending on who you encounter these characters as. Yeah. Even all these strange omissions, there, um, you know, there's tweaks to adjust to John's just people describing John's looks compared to Arthur's and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a mountain of work, and I've got to say that this uh, rock star absolutely nailed this one. Mm, I think it's. Uh, I agree. It is just one of the greater, uh, I think, near-perfect gaming experiences I've played. Because there aren't, for something this big, you'd think, yeah, fair enough, they've got a million glitches going on at a time. And, like, we're looking at the video now. It's just uh, Arthur following, who is it, Hosea? Yeah, it looks like it, yeah. Following Hosea to the to a, uh, to a river's edge. Going fishing. Going fishing. Um, Going and the water fish. just looks so calm. And i got to say, I've got the patience right now to go there. I might play it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think we, I don't think we can sit here and say honestly, Tom, that we don't want to play this again. 
Oh, I do for sure. <laughs> and we're going to be getting online to sort of, you know, get that help you get that plat, get mm. some money because I need we need to I do need, it. I, as a well, gang. I need a plat again anyway to get the plat. Yeah. So I've do you of, really? I've made my own bed there. Yeah, because there's a few things that happen in some of the early missions that I've I, from I haven't looked at it in a long time, but from memory, there's a few things you got to do early on that you need to do for the yeah, for right. a trophy. So, yeah, it's just a it's a really special game. Um, it doesn't feel at all cumbersome at the size it is. It's not bloated yeah. at all. Everything's well considered. Uh, I don't think there's anything that I found annoying in the game. You know, I like that no. old mate walking around trying to find his mate Gavin. You can encounter him in random towns. Yeah. yeah he just says, have you seen Gavin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gavin. And you, just, you find him all the time. Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> uh, and it's just a, those little fun details just bring this thing alive and uh, make it the, if, oh, I'd say perfection because you can't be truly perfect in when you're making games. There will obviously always be slight errors, but yeah. I think this is as even close the, to perfect as Even the as stuff that could be annoying to some people, like the horse dying because you collided into a boulder that you didn't even see. It didn't annoy me because it's just kind of funny. Yeah. You end up just being like, I'm going to record that. Well, when we, when <laughs> we, <show> everybody. <laughs> when I drove our, um, our, when we were robbing oh, that yeah. bank online, we drove into the, I actually yeah, r- raced in the corner video. of the building <laughs> and we launched 100 metres into the sky. Yeah, that is amazing. Have but you we, but you're inside the carriage. You're inside the carriage and you couldn't see outside of yeah. it. So you were just in there like, what's going on? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, we're about 100 metres in the sky, yeah. right? <laughs> It's it was the funniest thing. Clip. The thing I've seen. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. And Tom just didn't know. It was just rattling. Like, he was just facing. Like, it looked like you were tilting hard. And you're like, yeah, yeah what's going on? Because yeah, you yeah, couldn't yeah. see through my view. Yeah. It was, was like, this insane. is the funniest thing yeah. of all time. <laughs> um, so that's that's the sort of glitch, but that's online um, and expected because online sucks. But uh, anyway, that's definitely a solid 10 out of 10 for me. And obviously, one of my favorite games ever. Mm. Or is it? We'll have to find out in a few weeks, won't we? Yeah. Yeah. Any closing thoughts from you, Tom? On just uh, just you know, just you, you tell if you were looking at the game eye to eye, and you had one minute left to live, what would you tell it about about itself? Not uh, just anything random. No okay. go cat. You know how to say go cats to Oh, a, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd give them the rule book to Australian rules football. And <laughs> try this one on. <laughs> so, so take it back to the 1800s. And yeah, yeah. Get yeah. it early. <laughs> Introduce it to America. Um, I don't know. It's look extremely that, good. Look at that sun and the you know the the sun on the water. Yeah, it looks like it's um a bloody TV show, doesn't it? Mm. I don't know. I just yeah. I just really like it. <laughs> Where does it sit in your all-time favourites? Just quickly before we wrap up. Um, probably. Maybe equal second. With what? Give us your top five. Top five? Oh. No, give us your top three then. Equal seconds. <laughs> top one, i.e., first. No, no, no. We got to go. You got to go. Your equal seconds, and then you first. Oh, we got to. We got to go from the build up. Oh. Yeah. All right. No, I haven't. I was going to go down so I could have the time to think about what is below. <laughs> um, equal second would be uh, Breath of the Wild and Red Dead mm-hmm. uh, 2. And then first is Last of Us. Part 1 and 2 combined. Do we accept that, Will? Part 1 and 2 in one's position? I'm okay with it. Okay. Okay, you're all out. That wasn't five, but that's all I can think of. Okay. 
Burning question, Tom. Oh, jeez. Will, he's not used to this heat. He just flinched. So, if there was a third Red Dead Redemption game, mm-hmm. where should it be set and when? How should it? How could it fit in to the current timeline, storyline? Hmm. Dutch made it to Tahiti. <laughs> Tahiti. Tahiti. <laughs> um, I have a plan. I don't know. It'd have to. Um... Yeah, it doesn't work, does it? Um... That's a good question, of which clearly I have no good answer to. Oh. What do you think? That's too hot for me. Don't, don't reverse the heat, Tom. No, I want this to is, This is our podcast. You're just living in it. Well, the heat's been reversed. Answer the question. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. I, I think it's like I don't really want it to be set between numbers two and one again. You know, like maybe even go further back just to when it was complete chaos in the in the Wild West with different characters and, you know, it can be referenced the same. It can reference the same characters to come or before, but just that real gunslinger, um, golden the golden age. Land in Ricketts. Uh, you haven't played the first game. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with your answer as my answer. All right. Do you, do you have a burning question for me, either of you? No. <laughs> well. i got a burning update. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us the update. <laughs> I was going to say, what's your wait, burning wait. update on Pokemon Leaf Green as we wrap this up. I've made it to Cerulean City and got the second badge. And as a special bonus, I wanted to show the guys earlier the theme to the rival battle, and I'm about to have it. Are you ready for this? Hold it up. Wait, t- wait till the battle. There we go. Wait. That's a bop. Doesn't that sound good as? Yeah. Just that wind down there, it gets me every time. Yeah. It's so intense. Um, yeah, oh, I so love these games. Good on yous. That was a great episode. I thought you guys had a great uh, chat and I loved listening and I made great progress on my own game and every, everybody won. It was great. <laughs> it was great. So well done and uh, thanks everyone for listening. I'll let you wrap it up, but thanks. <laughs> thanks for nothing. Thanks everyone for listening. Red Dead, uh, yeah, good game. No, Tom, thanks for coming here today. It's been a pleasure to hear from you again. We'll get you on sooner next time. Yeah, 36 episodes this Give time. us what episodes would you like to be on in the future? Ooh. You name them, we'll get them. Well, yeah. What about what about Tears of the Kingdom? Tosca. Yeah, we it. I, I may have finished it by then. <laughs> Just don't do it next week. Oh, yeah. We'll, so, for everyone out there, we'll refer to earlier to uh, ask 2029. <laughs> to, to Tom's um, ever growing list of uncompleted games. Um, there's only a couple. And there's only a couple, but Tom used to finish everything about three times over in, in good time. That's why the rest of them aren't finished. Yeah, but now you've got about 20 games that you're halfway through, and you're about, your wife is about to have a baby. And you somehow reckon that's going to give you more time to do things. I am an idiot, but <laughs> I, the none of them just grip me as much as Red Dead Two. You see, so no, I want you to play that again. Don't worry. Oh, I'll play it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we'll have you on again soon, and we've also got another uh, guest in uh, our friend Jake. He, he's going to join us in a few weeks to talk about Final Fantasy. So we're going, we're ramping up the old guest 
guest specials. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening again on another Red Dead Redemption episode. Uh, it's been a mighty good time revisiting the uh, the glory days of the podcast and the Ned Kelly gang. Well, thank you. Uh, are you going to say something, Will? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. So, <laughs> are you going to say something? Oh, yeah. See ya. <laughs>